These are golden nuggets that I'm about to give you right now. (laughs) Hello, listeners. Thanks for tuning in to SOS, a live call-in help show with me, your host, Sonia Rasula, founder of Unique Markets. Each week, I answer some of the most pressing questions from entrepreneurs, small business owners, and creatives. We talk about social media. We talk about growing and scaling. We talk about marketing. The reason this podcast exists is because the fact is most businesses will not make it to five years. I've had multiple businesses for over a decade now, and I really want to make sure that you have long-term success. I don't want you to make the same mistakes that I made. So tune in weekly as I help business owners face their sh**. Hello there. Today we're talking with Jim Asorno, the founder of Broadway Baker. So full disclosure, I know Jim and I know Broadway Baker. They make delicious baked goods with premium organic ingredients like chocolate chip cookies with walnuts and really, really amazing dark chocolate brownies. So I know his product very well because I've eaten lots of it. So Jim is opening his first retail location, which is super exciting. And so far he's been kind of a unicorn in that he hasn't really ever had to spend money on advertising or PR. His business has been naturally successful. But because he's opening up a new retail store in Santa Monica, he needs help getting PR. So today's episode really dives deep into the world of public relations, which I know is a scary place for a lot of us. It's hard to talk about yourself, which is always a little weird, but you have to do it in order to further your company. Um, So we're going to get into tips on how to pitch, who exactly you're supposed to reach out to, and when you start to get annoying in your follow-ups. All of this is coming up, but the important thing to note is that public relations doesn't have to be expensive. You can do it on your own. And we're also going to get into how Rocky Horror Picture Show is somehow part of Jim's past. Let's dive in. I grew up baking with my mom and my dad and my grandmother. We were always in the kitchen making lots of different types of food, but baking really resonated with me. And at an early age, I love to cook. I love to bake. And I moved to New York to pursue Broadway, and I did many Broadway shows, and I was a singer and a dancer and lots of different Broadway shows. And my opening night gifts were uh, always baked goods for the cast and crew. This is something that I've always wanted to do, and I just decided one day that I was going to do it. It always touches me when someone tastes something that I've made or or we've made, and, and they're visceral reaction that it takes them back to their childhood or their, you know, oh, this tastes like something my mom used to make or my dad used to make or my grandmother. This tastes like my grandmother's, you know, and it's just, it, it just warms my heart when, um, when that reaction comes, comes along. Yeah, I'm sure. I love that. I had no idea that you were actually on Broadway. Yes. Yes. Singing and dancing. I was there. I was in New York for many, many years and did lots of different shows, uh, did Broadway, danced uh, and sang at Lincoln Center and Radio City Music Hall, and did a bunch of uh, national tours, 
and did a lot of uh, TV and movies as well. Oh my God, that's so exciting. Did you, okay, what were, what's like, what were your top two shows that you were in? Oh, definitely Rocky Horror. Yes. And uh, probably Tommy as well. Oh, cool. Just because all of that music and just, you know, hearing the band every night and singing to the great tunes and dancing and just the energy of the audience. Those are my top two. Yeah. Oh, well, I too had dreams of being on Broadway. Never made it. Oh. There's still time. There's still time. There's still time. Oh my God. Um, Still do it. Broadway's still there. (laughs) I know. Um, Okay, so the task at hand. So um, you wrote in to us. I know about your company. You sell at unique markets. You're extremely successful and you're a crowd favorite at the markets. We and and we, my partner Tom and I, were co owners of the business and we love, love, love being a part of unique markets. Uh, the crowds that come are amazing and uh, people come because they're drawn to the uniqueness of it all and also the just the camaraderie and the it's just an amazing experience and we love being a part of it. Oh, good. That's nice to hear. We love having you. You had a bunch of questions. Yes. So I wanted to let the audience know that the interesting thing about Broadway Baker is that you are a thriving business. So you're not just starting out. It's not like, you know, you're you're barely making ends meet. You are growing. And in fact, you are about to open your very first retail location. We are. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, it's super, super, super exciting. It's something that uh, we've always wanted to do. And it is literally a dream coming true. And it's, it feels amazing. It, it's a lot of work. And there are many hurdles to get over. And we're in the process of getting over those hurdles. But hopefully, if all goes according to plan, we'll be open in Santa Monica on Wilshire Boulevard, uh, end of July-ish is the goal. Perfect. Well, I commend you because a lot of people don't take that step. They're they're too scared or um, don't have the means but don't want to like look for the funding or get a loan to do that. So congratulations on that. That's a very big step. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Thank you. The biggest question that you had was about how to get press. Yes which is a huge topic. We had so many people write in with very similar questions. Usually just it's about press and trying to get more and more awareness and trying to um, get the attention of the media. Mm -hmm. So I've got a lot of stuff to talk with you about. (laughs) Excellent. Excellent. (laughs) I do have uh, just, uh, I have a couple of questions for you. My first one is, so Currently, it says that you do very little advertising, and it's pretty much just word of mouth. So, when did you start the business? We started. We're in our we're in our fourth year, going into our fifth year. Okay. And what have the percentages been like from year to year? How have you grown since 2016? So, 2016 to 2017, mm-hmm. we did about a 25 percent growth, and then 2016 to 2018. We did an almost 100% growth. 
Whoa. Almost. So it's like, okay. it's like in the high 80 growth, 80% growth. Wow. Okay. And then our target for this year is to do at least a hundred percent plus growth of last year. Wow. Okay. That's, Does that make sense? Yes. That's amazing. Thank you. It's been, it's been word of mouth. We've done, um, you know, we've taken ads here and there, but mostly one-offs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we actually have had been working with a company for about the last, I would say three to six months. And we have a very limited Facebook uh, he's been doing like Facebook ads and mm-hmm. I think Google ads, but very minimal. Okay. Just to, just to get some groundwork going. Right. We're talking about like a hundred dollars a month, a couple hundred yes. dollars a month. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Cause I think that, um, <clears throat> often people don't know what minimal, small, big, large, medium mean. So that's, yes, yes. <laughs> one, one to 200 is minimal. <laughs> yeah. But it's something, it's something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So that's all that you've done and you've doubled, you've, you know, you've essentially doubled from when you began. Yeah. We do a lot of pop-ups. Mm-hmm. So we were, we've been a staple like at Williams Sonoma and Pottery Barn and West Elm I go out for four hours on a Saturday and just meet people and talk to people. They do some shopping there. But I have to say, being a part of Unique Markets, we get a lot of sales on the two days of the weekend, but we get amazing sales throughout the year to our website, phone calls, special orders. And I always ask on every order, how did you hear about us? And many, many people refer back to, I found you or saw you at Unique Markets. Ah, that's so So amazing. That's that's amazing. That's one of the questions you have to answer on our website when you do us, when you, when you shop on our, on our website at the very end is how did you hear about us? And I would guess maybe one in four sales is Unique Markets. Wow. And, And the great thing is, is, those sales, you know, oftentimes come six, nine months later mm-hmm. and they remembered us from, you know, the spring show and they're ordering for their Christmas gifts. That is so good to hear. I'm all about, Tom and I are all about just meeting people and talking to people. And then it's, and it's great that we have a product that I hope and I think can speak for itself because if I meet people, I just give them cookies and then they mm-hmm. taste the cookies and hopefully there's a, you know, a, a great yeah. positive reaction and yeah. then that rolls into, you know, you know, orders and talking about us and, and the rest. Okay. That is so great to know. Yes. I love your cookies. They're my favorite because, um, they have the perfect amount of chocolate. Like I find a lot of other chocolate chip cookies or chocolate chip. There's like too much chocolate. I really like the cookie. Excellent. (laughs) And the pecans are the different, right. And so I love your cookies. Love them. Thank you so much. Yeah. So, okay. So this is really interesting because I think it's very inspirational for people who are listening out there to understand the power of in real life IRL experiences. Yes. Yeah. So I think, thank you for telling that story just because I do think people think that if they put up a website, they get an Instagram, 
they do a Facebook page, they put up a Pinterest board that like suddenly sales will start coming in. And there are millions of people doing that. <laughs> yes. Um, and so, the th- you know, one of the ways that you can separate yourself is by doing these in-person events, which I think is really important. And I think you, you understand the power of in-person experiences, but you also understand the power of the PR and the marketing that that potentially has. So the fact that you've done pop-ups at, you know, West Elm, Williams, Sonoma, that's really important because... You're putting yourself out there and you're, you know, yes, you're standing there talking to people all day long, giving out samples, but that can have such a huge effect when it comes to sales because of the after sales that happen. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. And I don't think enough people who have a product and have web stores understand that when you do these in-person events, obviously sales is one part of it. I actually believe that it's marketing that when you do in-person events like Unique Markets or any of the other fairs or pop-ups, that expense is actually a marketing PR expense. You shouldn't, you shouldn't expect to be like, we're going to sell $10,000 worth of product or we're even going to sell $500 worth of product. I think you spend the money to take part in that market and what you do is you try to get as many of your business cards into as many hands as possible. Absolutely. I absolutely agree 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you, you know, you, for, for a few hundred dollars, you can't get your business name in front of hundreds, if not thousands of people. It's impossible. So Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So good for you for doing in-person events. I think it's a, a really, it's a testament to the fact that you understand business. But the second thing is that it, it shows that you're very good at selling and this is this is something that not enough people are good at they're very good at creating and producing art or whatever their products are but they're not good at following through with sales and clearly the two of you when you're at the markets you're very good at selling and telling your story because that's actually connecting with people and and not only selling the product at at the market, but they're then coming to your website after, which means they remembered you. Yeah, and and I don't even think that Tom and I think about you know we're going to sell today. I think it's more of we're just we we hope people come and we hope we can get engaged with people and have conversations. And then, oh, by the way, we have cookies here. You know, why don't you taste a cookie? And, you know, it's neither one of us are hard sellers. Uh, It's more about building relationships. Mm -hmm. And thankfully, gratefully, you know, uh, it's all worked out that, you know, people like the cookies and brownies and end up buying the cookies and brownies as well. Not everyone's going to buy. Uh, nor do they have an intention to buy or nor do they ever have an intention to buy. But maybe one day, you know, the baby shower Mm -hmm. pops into their head and, oh, right, I remember those guys. Let's see if they can do something for us. And it could be like a year later. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, Okay, so let's get on to public relations, which is what you kind of need the help with. Mm -hmm. You had asked what are the best and most effective ways to gain press and exposure. Yes. Very important question. And 
I'm assuming that you're asking this in like a DIY sense, like how can I gain press without hiring a publicist or spending a lot of money? Correct. Yes, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so, well, you need to learn about public relations, and it's pretty simple, and especially because of YouTube and Google, our favorite our favorite teachers. <laughs> um it's actually quite simple to contact press. And it, it's like this weird, it's almost like a myth where there's like this, this unicorn that people think is like off in the distance and you need to be like a special unicorn trainer in order to like approach that unicorn. No. Brands can absolutely do their own PR. And oftentimes my train of thought is that you are actually the best person to represent your brand because you know it better than anyone else. Mm-hmm. You can pay someone to do PR for you. And if you're in that position where you have that funding, then that can be a great decision. But I think for most people, until you get to a point where you, it's that you literally don't have time to do it, I think that doing your own PR is a very smart move. And so... There are some basic steps that are involved. The first one is research. Mm-hmm. And so what you need to do is create kind of your dream list. Like what are the dream publications or TV shows or radio shows or podcasts, websites? Like what to you would be, like if you got there, you'd do like, you'd have a celebration, you know? Like those are your like dream things. Like for me, it's always like, I want to be on Oprah. Well, Oprah doesn't have a show anymore, so <laughs> good luck with that one. <laughs> but, She's got Super Soul Sunday. Right? Her name's still on that list for me. <laughs> yeah. Let's take a quick break from our conversation with Jim to hear a word from our sponsor, Constant Contact. Calling all small business owners, nonprofit pioneers, and savvy side hustlers. If you're looking for guidance in the noisy world of online marketing, Constant Contact has your back. Their team has the expert guidance, tools, and technology you need to successfully build and market your business. So whether you want to step up your email marketing game with customizable email templates or grow your e-commerce using their Shopify integration, Constant Contact has everything you need to achieve online marketing greatness. To get 30% off your first three months, visit constantcontact.com slash unique and enter the promo code unique at checkout. That's constantcontact.com slash unique and enter the code, all caps, U-N-I-Q-U-E. It's very hard as someone who is running a company. You're doing so many different things, baking, doing recipe tests, going out there talking about the brand, selling on the Saturdays, you know, on your weekends. It's very hard to achieve something if you don't consciously write it down. Mm -hmm. So you need to research the media that's out there and create your your, um, kind of top places that you want placement. Then you're going to create like a separate tier of the places that are like mass media that you should be approaching. Mm -hmm. And when you're creating those lists, be really aware of print TV, web, radio, like really think about it all instead of just Mm -hmm. like looking at magazines and only doing magazines. 
morning TV shows, local cable news mm-hmm. are some of the best places to pitch yourself to because, you know, they, they, they have to fill content seven days a week. So they need people and they need stories. So don't discount like TV or radio or any of those things. And also think about the websites that you're on. Um, and often media companies like let's say a food and wine magazine, they have a different masthead for the print version of the magazine and they have a different masthead for the web staff. Mm-hmm. So that's two different people potentially that you're reaching out to. So that's the research part. First, you're researching where you want to be and you're creating this giant list. And then what you're doing is once you know the companies, you're then researching who it is to contact. Mm-hmm. And these are golden nuggets that I'm about to give you right now. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> so you, the, the human, like, human nature tends to go for the person at the top. You know, like, mm-hmm. who's the decision maker? Mm-hmm. Wrong person to contact for press and PR. The person at the top is like you. You know, if someone was to approach you for something, like, you're, you've got a thousand things to think about every day, you're going to forget it, or you're gonna, it's going to go down in your email box, and you're never going to get back to it. So the people that you want to approach, so, so for magazines, for print magazines and newspapers, there's usually a, a thing called the masthead. Mm-hmm. And it will show you, you know, editor-in-chief is at the very top. And then it goes down to, like, maybe a managing editor or senior editors. Then it starts to break it down by sections. So, obviously, for the newspaper, you have, like, sports, business, lifestyle, arts and culture. So, you're looking for, obviously, people who work in the right category for what you're doing. So, for you, obviously, you're looking for the food editors or the food sections, But you could potentially also be looking at the business section, pitching yourself and your story for the business section as a success story, a small business success story. So I think that actually there's two different avenues that you can go. It's business and it's also like lifestyle and food. So you're looking for the, the staff in those particular sections. And again, you're not necessarily looking for the senior person So senior editor Mm -hmm. is also working on a bunch of other stuff. So to be perfectly honest, usually what I recommend to do is either call, and this sounds crazy because it's so Mm old-fashioned, but it works, call the actual person at the front desk at these publications and actually just ask them like, so... In the food department, I can see that there's a senior editor, there's this person, there's this person, and there's, you know, who's the best person that I should send a pitch to for a story? And they'll directly tell you because they've been given that information. Oh, fantastic. The other thing, like, you know, for me, it's just, it would, it would be like second nature. I, I flip through the magazine, I look, and to be perfectly honest, it, it is usually just like an editor. So let's say the food section has an editor. If there's an assistant editor... I might first email that person, like an assistant or even an associate, so someone who's lower level. Mm-hmm. The, reason, the reason I say that is because you can be very like conversational in your pitch and also just say like, you know, I'm, I'm wondering who the right person, I'm just confirming that, you know, uh, Lucy Liu, the senior editor, is the person that I could send a pitch to. So you're almost like, 
doing a preemptive email just to make sure that you have the right person. Right, right. And the people who are lower down, first of all, have more time to answer and read emails, but they're also, they just have more time in general, so they will probably get back to you. And the smart thing about contacting people who are not at the senior level yet is that they're the ones who are the senior editors a year or two down the road. And as they grow their career and then eventually become like at the very top instead of just the one section, they've known about you and have maintained a relationship with you. And so that's a really smart way to get in because PR is a lot about relationships. Mm-hmm. So you need to research where you want to be. Then you need to write and compile a list of all the right people to contact. And once you have that list, then you need to start coming up with your pitch ideas. And I have like a rolling list of pitch ideas. Mm-hmm. And this is something that, you know, like if you keep a notebook, if you use post-it notes and just stick them somewhere, if you dictate into your phone, whatever it is that you have to do, but you should, you should keep like a rolling list because a good idea is a good idea. It, it never goes bad. And so start to come up with different ideas. So here's some ideas for your business, for instance. Um, I would pitch yourself for the small business, for like an entrepreneurial story, a story for local LA or Santa Monica or California publications based on you being a small business owner who has a success story. So that's one pitch. Excellent. You could obviously pitch yourself for anything timely because baked goods are like a great gift, Mm -hmm. as you know, for many different occasions. Mm So you're really lucky in that, like, unlike a jewelry company or a candle company, you know, food is something that every single person on earth can enjoy. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) At all times of the day. Yes. (laughs) But you're going to help the editors see how they can include your product into the different things that they're working on. So Mm -hmm. you need to start thinking about months. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So January through December, create a calendar and like, what would you pitch for January? What would you pitch for February, March, all of those things? And think about your products and how they fit in. Mm -hmm. Now, how, how, how much before, like how much to contact them? How much exactly for like Valentine's, do I contact them in the fall? Mm -hmm. It depends on who you're pitching. So magazines, work about five to six months in advance. Mm -hmm. So if you're pitching for a February issue, it means that they're laying that issue to bed in like December, maybe January and sending it off to print. But so you've got like a five to six month lead time. So we are in June right now. So the summer is when people want to be pitching for gift guides for the holiday season. Mm-hmm. It's that far in advance. But that's just for print magazines, not for everything else. <laughs> okay. So when it comes to local TV news stations or local radio stations, um, that is almost like instantaneous. And with web, you can pitch, you know, you can pitch two weeks before, two-week lead time, maybe a month just to get on their radar, but then, you know, I'll check back, you know, they'll check back in with you in two weeks when they're, when the editor's actually pulling the piece together. Like, 
web is very, very short lead times. Okay. But for the magazines, yeah, you want to be well in advance. And, and here's another hot tip. All of the magazine websites have their editorial calendars. Oh. It's not, it's not like there's a tab that says editorial calendar here. So the way that you get to an editorial calendar is you go to Food & Wine magazine, Mm-hmm. you surf online and you find the advertising tab. Obviously, everyone wants advertisers, so you click the advertising tab, and usually in that section, it tells you like statistics about their magazine, who the subscribers are. It shows you an editorial calendar for the year, and that's usually where you get that. And oh. all websites have this. And you can literally see what they're planning to do, what the theme is for September, October, November, December. So it helps you narrow your pitches down even more. Oh, that's amazing. And if it isn't online or it's kind of hidden, like they've made it hard for you to find, again, that's when you email the assistant or you call the front desk and you say, hi, I'm a potential advertiser and I'm trying to find the editorial calendar to see if it's right for us. Can you email it to me? Oh, wow. Okay. Excellent. Usually this is known information, public, on the websites, and it's hugely helpful for anyone trying to pitch press. That's amazing. Yeah. So you can look for those. The idea is to just continually pitch. And it sounds like a lot of work, but once you do the research, once you have the list of contacts, Mm -hmm. it's, it's almost kind of on autopilot because one pitch can go to a bunch of different people, and it's also easy to tweak pitches. Right. So the format of the pitch is probably one of the most important things that I can help with and talk about because you can go off and do the research and find all of the contacts, but the, 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 like the amount of words, the types of words, the types of attachments, these are all really important when it comes to emailing a pitch to a PR person or an editor. So what you're going to want to do is keep it short and sweet. Everyone wants to tell their life story, and it's like this poor person did not, want to he- did not know- need to know the life story. They just want to know, like, what do you make? How can I use this person slash product for a story? Um, and so the pitch needs to be personal. Number one thing is that it needs to be personal. Way too often, people will create a pitch and have it like, they will literally just copy and paste it to 10 editors and think like, I'm going to just change the the name. Well, like, oftentimes, people forget to change the name. Mm -hmm. Little mistakes like that happen. So you really do need to, um, when you're pitching people individually, you, you need to put time into like reading and rereading the pitch. I can't tell you the number of times that people have spelled my name wrong when they email me, but they had to have seen that it was spelled with a J when they copy and pasted my email address into the field to mm-hmm. send it. So that's like my number one pet peeve. I let go because it's not a huge deal, but editors will not let that go because they Mm -hmm. deal with words. Like, that is what they've dedicated their life to do, storytelling and words. So the thing is to create a pitch that is personal, and what I mean by that is 
something that addresses the person in like, like I personally feel like casual is the best tone. Um, mm-hmm. Casual professional. So you're you're letting that person know. You know, you're you're doing a greeting like "Hello, Sonia." But then what you're doing is you're following it up with something personal that connects you to what they do, and it also proves to them that you actually know what they do. Because again, often Mm -hmm. there's a lot of publicity companies that will just send out these like mass pitches and, you know, they don't ever really take the time to like read the publication or, you know, know what the publication has done recently. So what you want to do is like, hi, Sonia, I recently read the story on X, Y, and Z and I thought that it was a really interesting take on that subject or, you know... Hi, Sonia. I saw on Instagram that you're going to be going to Italy soon or that you, know, that you went to Italy. I really enjoyed the photos that you shared. It's something that is personal, very short and sweet, but it, it gives across the idea that you actually know who that person is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get into the pitch and this email should never be more than two paragraphs long. Like a quick, like to me, two paragraphs is even too long. Mm -hmm. So really what it is, is you introducing who you are and what you do and Mm -hmm. why, you know, the ideas that you have for their publication. And so if Mm -hmm. you've done your research and you know who they are because you've checked them out and you've looked Mm -hmm. at what they've written or what they've been producing, that is then really easy because you're able to say, you know, Sonia, I know, you know, I see that this fall you have an issue that is all about indulgence. And as a baker, I have the perfect, you know, this, 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 and this. That's how easy it is. It's, it's telling someone who you are and what you do, mm-hmm. and then giving them ideas so that you're taking the hard work out of the equation for them. And again, think about how busy you are in your daily life. And editors and writers are just as busy. They get just as many emails, if not more. And they're working on a bunch of different things every day, multitasking. So anything that helps them in their job is good. So if, you, if they can get an email from someone that's like, boom, here I am. <laughs> this is what I do. You have an issue all about chocolate coming up. You know, I think our brownies, this, this, this would be great. Like, that's how you do it. It's very, very simple. That sounds great. It does sound simple. It's, <laughs> I'm telling you, what, like, PR is not, this isn't rocket science. It's just reaching out to people and maintaining relationships with them. That's mm-hmm. the key. And Obviously, you do that very well. You, you talk to people at the markets. What you said earlier about, you know, it's not really about a hard sell. It's about just having a great experience and talking with people and telling your story. That's exactly what PR is. Great. So it should be easy for you to, to do this and to translate it. Um, and then the other thing about those pitches is, so you, you've kind of given them the lay of the land. They know who you are, what you do. You've given them a few ideas. Mm-hmm. And then, and, you know, then you sign off. But often what people will do is say, you know, here's, you know, here's, the UR- here's a URL to press photos. 
Um, the one thing that's always really frustrating to me, and like we're not even a media company, but when we want to feature vendors, you know, on Instagram or on our website, trying to find quality photography is always challenging. Mm. You have a lot, a lot of beautiful, great photography on your website. So you're already Thank one you. step, yeah, you're one step ahead of a lot of people. Um, but what's interesting is because of you, so you use, who do you use? Shopify or Squarespace or? Uh, Squarespace. Okay. Yeah, Squarespace. Okay. So the template that you have, however, mm-hmm. is like our homepage template where it's, it's a scrolling model. It's like parallax scrolling. So those photos that are in the background, for instance, on the homepage, you have a beautiful photo. It's a top-down photo of cookies and a whisk and a spoon and chocolate chips that are loose before being melted. You know, so it's basically a look at probably like the space that you're cooking in. Exactly. Great photo, but I can't get it. I can't right click and I can't save that photo. So just throwing it out there is something to think about. Yes. Maybe you already have a page like this. I'm scrolling now and I'm going to try to educate myself. Do you have a page for press currently? Uh, no. No, I don't think so. I mean, unless it's I can't the find bottom. it. <laughs> no, we don't. No, okay. we don't. Okay. So, so, you know, getting more press and getting press attention and the attention of editors is is easy. There's you're going to pitch them, so that's one thing. The second thing is that you need to actually do their job when they come to your website. So you have all of these different tabs, but you don't have a section for press. Mm-hmm. So I would probably create a tab at the bottom that's either press or media. And mm-hmm. when you click that, they get your story. There may be quotes that you, like very quick bite-sized quotes from the founders. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then high-res photography. Mm-hmm. And so high-res is 300 DPI, mm-hmm. just so you know. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be huge just because when you do send these pitches, at the bottom, what you can do is say, if you'd like to learn more about us mm-hmm. or download press-ready photography, click here. Mm-hmm. And you send them off to that page. And it's got everything that they need. Now, Grant, and if they like what they see, but they want muffins or they want something that's not on there, that's fine. This is a tease. This is the idea to like get their attention. And then... Mm-hmm. They're going to email you, trust me. If they want to talk about you, they're going to email you and say, I really love the photos that you have of the cookies, but do you have anything that is this or this? And that's the idea. Like you've, you've grabbed their attention and now they're coming to you. Mm-hmm. That's great. Amazing. And I know all of this sounds easy and it's not. It takes a lot of work. That's the hard part is that it actually takes work. Yes. <laughs> But those are the, that's how you contact press. And I think that you'll be very good at it and you start to build those relationships. Um, and that's traditional press. The other thing that you can do is reach out to influencers and people that you like on social media and, you know, provide some, you know, if they have a baby shower coming up or a wedding or something, provide them something in exchange for a post and some stories or something like that. Mm -hmm. And that's something that you can easily, I know you can do. Yeah. Excellent. Mm -hmm. 
so super helpful. Oh, good. Yes, super, super helpful. Good. And the one thing I didn't talk about is the actual opening of your retail location, which is a huge, that's a huge (laughs) press opportunity. So honestly, what you should be doing is reaching out. So for instance, you know, I talked about you on Spectrum TV. Yes, thank you so much. You should be contacting their, their local news station and their reporters and, you know, maybe having them come out to report on it. Um, Think about, I would think about like small business weekend in November. Yes. Think about the times when reporters might be interested in, in doing like a re, something retail or right. on, on site because unlike other people, you actually have a store that, that they can send a camera guy and a reporter to. So I would pitch that way too. Oh, fantastic. Yes, fantastic. Thank you so much. Of course. This has been incredible. Tons of super helpful nuggets and just amazing information. Good, good. Well, um, I think we only have a a minute left. So if there, is there any random question or anything else you want to (laughs) know? No, I mean, no, this has been so helpful and beneficial, like I said, and I've just been, you know, scribbling every piece of information that you've said all over my papers. Yeah. So yeah, the one thing that stuck out was the editorial calendar in my mm-hmm. in my head, and for for me and for us, it's you know because we're so in the now, it's and and there's always something I'm sure you know always something always comes up that has to be taken care of immediately if yep. not by the end of the day that other things you know go to the bottom of the list or get bumped down. Yeah. And it's it so it's just you know. We have to be, I have to be more mindful of, you know, bigger picture Mm -hmm. and, you know, a month from now or two months from now or Christmas, six months from now, rather than, no, it's November 15th. What are we going to do for Christmas? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So this has been super, super helpful. Oh, good. Well, I'm glad you got so much from it. And um, I think I'll see you. Have you, are you doing the summer show? I, uh, we, we've applied and oh, okay. we hope yeah. so. Yes. <laughs> Cause we love the Barker hangar is such an amazing venue. I know. I was sad that we didn't, didn't do it last summer. So we're excited to be back. Fantastic. Yeah. So yes, we are. It's going to be, a, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a great show. I'm excited. Excellent. Yay. Excellent, okay. Well, excellent. thank you. Sonia, thank you so much. This has been so helpful and, as always, inspiring. Because every time I come to a unique university for the shows, I always leave with new information or information that's finally hit me or sunk in. Or So thank you, thank you, thank you. Of course, of course. And, you know, in the future, we are going to be doing courses and masterclasses. So that's coming oh, later this year. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. (laughs) Perfect. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, I hope you have a great day. Thanks, you too. Okay, I'll talk to you later. Okay, thank you. Thanks, bye. Bye. That was such an awesome episode. Thank you for tuning in to SOS. Today's top takeaways are, number one, in order to get media attention, you have to actually know what is out there. Do your research and get to know the writers and editors that are out there and start to follow them to get to know their work even more. Number two, when pitching, keep it 
short and sweet. You want them wanting to know more about you and the work that you do. Number three, double, triple check the name of the person you are going to pitch to. A misspelled name will automatically get you on the blacklist. And my last takeaway is courtesy of Wayne Gretzky. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. And I'm adding in, so take them. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on iTunes. Those reviews really help. So please take a minute to give us a review. And if you use Spotify, make sure to subscribe now. You can follow us on Instagram at SOS with Sonia to stay up to date with the show and catch you next time. Bye.